to Say It Southern. Aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. By now, we hope that you're a little more familiar with our new partner, Renaissance Bank. They were actually called the best bank in the South by money.com. And this year, Forbes named them one of the world's best banks for 2020. So if you're looking for a new bank, Renaissance Bank is definitely worth checking out. Visit renaissancebank.com to learn more. It's our 100th episode, and we could not be more excited about our guest this week, Emily Lay. We have her books, her planners, and Courtney has been watching her grow from the very beginning of her career. And by grow, we mean from a small business to Target to Forbes magazine. We know you're going to love getting to know Emily, hearing her journey, and listening to her tips for simplifying your life. Join us as we say it Southern with mom, wife, author, creator, and CEO, Miss Emily Lay. Emily, thanks for coming on Say It Southern today. Hi, thanks for having me. Yay, we're so excited to talk with you. Big time fans, long time followers, you've got so much going on and we just want to hear about it all because it seems like Sarah, everything that she touches just kind of turns to gold. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thanks. <laughs> I don't know. You got a lot going on. First of all, let me ask this. How old are you, Emily? 37. 37. Yeah. Yeah. I love that mid thirties. They got it going uh-huh. on. You uh-huh. know, There's a lot of, yes. <laughs> I, yes. Think about, I think about two years ago, I reached a point where when someone asks you how old you are, you have to think about it. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like that's a new stage of life where you're like, wait, th- I think 37. That's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm think about it. It's always, I like knowing that going in because like as we unpack everything that you've done, I feel like everybody's going to go, I really need to get on it. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I've done nothing in my life. (laughs) She's done all this in 37 years. (laughs) Well, take us back to the beginning because we know now you've got books, you've got a new book coming out uh, in 2021, but what, how did this all get started? This whole simplified Uh, concept? um, Honestly, I... Uh, followed all the right paths like my mom and dad kind of set out for me like go to college graduate go to you know graduate school graduate so I have a master's degree in nonprofit management and that was my path like I um when I was 23 I was just kind of audacious and decided to apply for a job as the executive director of the ballet here in Pensacola and I got it and it was like an insane job for someone that young but I just kind of had this gumption about me where I was like I'm just gonna I'm just going to go for big stuff and see what happens. So I kind of worked my way up a corporate ladder and I got to a point, um, I was a newlywed and I was working at a large state university for a women in leadership and philanthropy program in Tampa. Um, and I was so miserable. Mm. I was around all of these women that were just so, um, incredible and generous and involved and just doing these amazing things on their own. And I kept thinking like, I want to, I want to do that. I want to do something that I like really, really care about. And I want to do work that I like wake up in the morning and get excited about. And, Um, I decided to start learning graphic design because it was my favorite part of my job at the time was like designing event posters and things like that. And so, 
I would stay up in the middle. Didn't have kids yet, by the way. I feel like that's always a caveat I need to throw out there. (laughs) No children. Um, I just started like Googling things and watching YouTube videos. And I mean, I was working on a Microsoft PC with Microsoft Publisher, which if you're a graphic designer, you're cringing because it's awful. Um, And I just, I just kind of taught myself how to design stuff. And then I had made our wedding stationery because I really, when we got married in 2008, I really wanted crane wedding stationery mm-hmm. and I couldn't afford it. Sure. So I made our own and, uh, looking back, it's like so bad, right? <laughs> I could do it at the time and I was so proud of it. And so I just started like putting myself out there on Facebook was brand new. Um, Twitter was like the thing at the time. And I just started using free at the time, social media to um, say like, hey, I, I can make wedding invitations, I can make stationery, I'll make you a logo, like I will do anything I can get my hands on. And for two years, I didn't take a paycheck. Um, I worked in the middle of the night, on the weekends, still had this full-time job that I was dedicated to. And eventually, um, I decided, my husband and I decided together that uh, we were at a place where I was earning enough with the company that I could give myself a paycheck full-time. And so I left the full-time job and started pursuing that. And I did graphic design forever. I did brand design, anything. And eventually, my son was born in 2011, Brady. um, And he's nine now. Mm -hmm. And I uh, was just totally overwhelmed, like trying to run this kind of complex company at the time because I was doing a little bit of everything. I had this baby that I loved with all my heart. I had created the company so that I could have flexibility as a mom and I had none. And so I remember one day I threw Brady in the car we went to target and I was looking, yeah, all solutions to life are found in the owls of target. No doubt. Right? No doubt. And so I'm pushing him through the, the planner aisle and I'm like, I just, I just need like a fix. I need something that's going to fix my life because every other woman I know is doing life so well and she has great hair and she wears heels all the time and her kids are well behaved and her house is perfect and I'm a mess. And what is wrong with me? And maybe if I get a planner, it will fix it. And so I looked at all these planners and they were all like, track how many glasses of water you had today, track how much money you spent today. And I was like, I just feel like a failure with all of that. So I just, I put Brady back in the car and we left. I didn't buy anything. And I went home and I thought, I'm just going to make something that I can use for me. And, um, the simplified planner was born out of that. And it was just a simple tool to give me a fresh start. And because I married together something I was so passionate about, which was organizing, simplifying and beautiful design with a product that was really purposeful, it really, really took off. And so we shipped boxes out of our house until it became too much and eventually grew. And now I have a team of nine women that are all over the United States and we have licensed collections in Target and Walmart and Office Depot and Staples, our online shop. And then I've been fortunate to be able to write books about it all. And it's crazy. It's just great. I mean, there are like, there are failures sprinkled throughout that entire story that I glazed right over for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll go back. Don't worry. We'll go back. (laughs) version of, of how it all came to be. So you did start, and that's such a funny place to start from because it's something that we talk about on the podcast all the time, how comparison truly is, in a good way, it's fuel. It either give you fuel to do something like you did or it will shut you completely down. 
And I think that's something that we all have felt mm-hmm. as parents oh, yeah. and as moms and trying to find a balance when there's really not one. Um, yeah. But what a blessing that this was born out of that place. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny over the years, I've come to realize that we all feel that way. Like every other woman we know has it all together. And for some reason we're the one that doesn't. Yep. And so the community aspect of simplified has become so integral to the products at all. Like I always tell people, don't buy a planner and think it's going to fix your life. I thought that would happen for me <laughs> and it didn't. What I needed was I needed tactical tools that I could put into place. I needed community. I needed good, authentic friends. And so there's this whole like holistic element of simplified that comes into play where I hope you get a a simplified planner, but like come be part of the Facebook group. Like let's, we do coaching and all these other kinds of things because I think it's so, it's like a whole picture that matters, you know? Who are these people in your, your, your community, the simplified commu- community? Are these people that are trying to organize their life or already haven't organized? Or It's all of them. Um, we started a Facebook group a couple of years ago. It's called the Simplified Sisterhood. And I have said 2020 has been an interesting year. And everything on the internet feels like it's on fire and everyone's arguing about it. Mm-hmm. And the, this Facebook group is about 33,000 women and they're all very different. And it is the most positive, encouraging place. I mean, you, I just, every day I go, I go to the Facebook group and I'm like, this is amazing. People share tips. People ask questions. People ask for advice. And it's not just there. You know, it happens on our other social followings and things like that. But it, it really is a mixed bag of people. And I think, I think that's what's beautiful about it is because any woman can be part of it and find their spot, you know? I love that. So let me go back to that first planner that you made because you said there yeah. was no, you know, counting your water, no, <laughs> take care of your finances. So, no, no weighing your chicken no, on a scale. No. 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 <laughs> so what was it in that planner, that yeah. first planner? Yeah, it's exactly what it is today. And it really hasn't changed that much since the very first one. It was your schedule, your to-do list, and what's for dinner. And that's it. <laughs> because literally that was me. I just, I had things I had to do during the day. Yeah. I had a to-do list. And then at, at five o'clock, somebody was going to come in and ask me what's for dinner. And so the only real thing that's changed from then is we got rid of the dinner box and made it just a note space so that you can use that in a more versatile way. It also has things like Sunday prep that we always talk about, like getting yourself prepared for the week and that sort of stuff. But um, the, it's very basic so that no matter your lifestyle, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, whether you are married or unmarried, you can make it work for you. I love that because it's so easy to get overwhelmed with all the boxes and the lines and the like process, right? So say like you've decided, okay, I'm going to simplify my life. I'm going to con Mari, right? I'm going to con Mari. You have to take off work for two weeks. You have to buy, (laughs) get a babysitter. You have to order food out for every meal because it's so, you have to feel like you commit completely. So is simplified life, it's, it's, is it turning over a simplified, honestly, like a way of living? How, how does that translate? Yeah, no, I love that question. It's really a lifestyle. And what I always say is that simplifying your life doesn't mean organizing your house. Doesn't mean quitting everything and having a clear calendar. It's really just a fresh perspective 
and looking at the fact that all of our lives these days are over full Mm -hmm. and 2020 has forced us all into, um, accepting kind of a less is more mentality. It's been an interesting social, not experiment, if you, if you will. Um, but I really believe that simplifying your life is just about looking at the things you say yes and no to and being intentional about them, mm-hmm. whether it's what you put on your calendar, what you have in your closet, what you, uh, the thoughts you're allowing in your head, um, whatever you're committing to, just being really intentional about it and allowing white space in a lot of different areas to serve a positive purpose and not make you itchy like you need to fill it, mm-hmm. you know? Is this a way that you've always lived personally or is it just something that you needed after you had kids and you were like, I'm getting consumed by all of the things? Um, it's really kind of always been that way. My mom is like the OG. She is super organized. I mean, for fun, when I was a kid, I remember she would put notes in my lunchbox and be like, Saturday's the day. We're going to clean your room. We're going to turn the music on and have breakfast together. It's going to be so fun. And I'd be like, oh, um, but I was really just, I was kind of raised with this mentality, um, and that systems and routines and things are, are good as long as they're flexible. But, um, people don't know this. We're on video right now, actually. And if you can tell by the state of my office, I'm not perfect. <laughs> it looks pretty I do perfect. see, I, well, I do see some boxes in the background. <laughs> so that makes me happy too. Right <laughs> no, I, you know, I think that, I think that's really important to say too, is, um, it is. a lot of people look at people who are considered experts and things and think they're perfect at it. And the fact, the reason I'm good at this is because I struggle with it daily. Mm. I mean, my house, I have, there are people that actually live in my home, three, mm. four of them. I mean, three kids and a husband and none of them want my house to be magazine worthy every day. Like I do. And so, it, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. just, it's life. And I think that it's, um, it's kind of a standard that I, I hold myself to, to like be flexible, let these things serve a purpose. Um, it instill kind of a love for having routines at work and having traditions and having all of that with my kids, but also life is life. I have to ask you real quick, um, yep. on your Instagram, you put a video of real of you like not speaking and you did the cards to your kids. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> did you really not speak until they started cleaning up? Cause I was like, this is genius. True story. Yeah. I made, of me with these like, um, what do you call them? Like index cards of me telling kids that I am not, I have lost my voice. I have lost my voice because I love each of you so dearly. You are so smart and you are so capable and you can help with our house. Mm -hmm. Like I am not like, and so when I showed them the video, the way I did it was I, I put them all on the couch And I went and got um, all of their school stuff, like their backpacks and their lunchboxes and their uniform jackets. And I put them on and I walked outside the front door and then I came in pretending like I was them. And I just tossed it all on Mm -hmm. the floor, all over the place. I had like a snack in my hand and I took, I ate some and then I tossed it on the ground. And then I turned the video on and said, this, this is where we are. I need you guys to help out. They're five, five and nine. They're fully capable. And so the great part was I told them, mommy's lost her voice until you guys can come up with a solution. And so dad kind of led the charge and I put it on them. Like, let's figure out a way that we can work as a team to pick up our house and not put it all on mom. And, um, I, I would say I was probably out of the talking game for like 25 minutes. It didn't last long. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I wondered. Yeah. They came up with a good system. Um, and I mean, it's flexible, but you know, 
everybody's got to help. Everybody's got to help. Yeah. Well, when I saw that, I really was like, oh, she's where I am. We're. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I am trying to work a full-time job and have you guys, and I have 2020 to worry about, and there's stuff everywhere, and I just, we got to be a team. So Mm -hmm. everybody pulls their weight. (laughs) Yeah, and those crazy hurricanes that came your way, too. I mean, yeah, we're still dealing with um, recovering from damage from that, but. We're all here. We're, we're going to make it. Right. Yeah. So when you talk about like living simply and planning for your kids, because I think that's where we get bogged down in all the like extracurricular and all the stuff. How do we, how do we make that so that our kids don't feel crazy and we don't feel crazy and we can still do all the things? Good question. Um, so I wrote a book. Um, it came out last year. Um, yesterday was its book birthday, actually. It's called mm-hmm. When Less Becomes More. Mm-hmm. And little did I know that it was going to come out in November 2019. And that just a few months later, our whole world was going to change. But the book was almost an experiment in what if we looked at life and question everything? Like, do we have to have everything running, you know, so fast so full with our hair on fire all the time. And is that okay? Is that okay for us? Is that okay for our kids? I remember calling my mom one day and this was when my kids were smaller and I, and I was like completely overwhelmed. And I said, mom, how, like you were a teacher, you had two kids, you were a wife, you had a house. How did you do all this and still put dinner on the table every day and not be a crazy person? And she was like, well, a, you didn't see all the work that went into doing that stuff. It was hard. And B, I was not asked to do all that you're being asked to do. Mm-hmm. The world is different than when I had small kids. There's social media and the internet and kids are involved in 19 extracurricular activities and your life looks completely different than it did to raise a kid in the eighties, you know? And so when, and when less becomes more, I kind of took a look at like, what if we, what if we took every area of life, be it kids, technology, um, work, whatever, and talked about like a zero-based accounting philosophy where we take everything away? What would you add back if you could choose? And what I realized was there really is a lot of joy to be found to not overcommitting, to not having, you know, it, even even as simple as like being involved in 46 group texts, like it just <laughs> makes your brain go insane. That's, that's um, me. I can't do a group text. I, it's, it's so overwhelming sometimes. And so, you know, I, I would say what you have to do is look at life when things kind of hit the fan and you feel like it's all too overwhelming. Look at life like you would a junk drawer. If you were going to clean out a junk drawer, what you would do is you would take everything out of the drawer. So the drawer is completely empty. Then you would handle every item before you decided to keep it and put it back in. You would make a decision about every little thing before you added it back. And I think if we look at our calendars like that, rather than trying to just like organize the mess, like remove it all, hypothetically, remove it all, pretend like we can say no to everything. What would you choose to add back? What do you have to add back? And what what we realize, what I realized is that there's a lot of excess that we have said yes to in terms of belongings, in terms of commitments, of things in our calendars and our kids' calendars that we've said yes to because we feel like we have to. But really, we all get choices. And we don't, our kids don't have to have baseball practice seven nights a week, mm-hmm. you know? 
I think if we actually sat down and asked our kids what they were most interested in, we might be surprised. Um, I know it's been that way for our kids. When we feel overcommitted, we'll sit them down and say, okay, you know, do you want to do soccer and mm-hmm. gymnastics and ballet and baseball? Or is there one <laughs> that you like from the other? Um, and I think that I just, again, there's a lot of value in having some margin. Mm-hmm. What a perfect timely book before we were in a place where you really did get to have those conversations. I mean, I bet that has just been such a gift to people because I feel like we are in the place that we can kind of decide and like holidays look different this year. And I mean, where you don't have to run to six different houses to eat Turkey with six different groups of people. Right. Um, You You don't have 18 million parties to go to or to host or to cook for. Yes. Yes. And so we are in that space where we get to add it back, which is another name of your book that I love. It's kind of become a life mantra is grace, not perfection. Yeah. And how when you are chasing that, that hamster on a wheel, that schedule is you got to have a lot of grace for during that time. Oh yeah. Um, so that was for your sure. first book, right? Grace, not yeah. perfection. Yep. What? When was that? That came out in 2016, I think. I wrote it when I had infant twins, and I oh. went to the Starbucks up the street from our house in Tampa every night for two hours after bedtime, and I would just write for eight weeks, and. Um, I had a lot on my heart at the time with infant twins and my, the business had reached a point where I never thought it would get, it was so busy. Um, our, we were being carried in um, wholesale stores. So retail stores and boutiques, 800 of them. Um, it was, it was a lot. And I was trying really hard to be totally perfect and have it all together. Um, and it just, it isn't possible. And so I wrote that book all about accepting the mess of life and kind of the beauty in having flexibility and knowing that like sometimes life is messy and that's fine. Yeah. And then yeah. you wrote a simplified life. Uh-huh. After that. Yep. Did those that- come back to back? Did you have did you like okay, now I got to write another one. Did I I've done that one. Now I I have new things I need to let the world know. Um no, Grace Not Perfection was really like I would say that that book is kind of like a memoir of sorts. Like it's full of stories from my life. Um, and then a simplified life is very different. It's super tactical. And so I wanted to do something that was a little bit more like, here's how you do it. Mm -hmm. So my favorite thing about a simplified life is that it's the kind of book that you could give to a new mom or a college graduate or someone to be like, here's kind of the how to on a lot of stuff. Um, it's broken down into like meal planning. How do you simplify meal planning? How do you simplify a wardrobe? How do you simplify makeup? How do you simplify time management? Um, and so that one's just really, really super tactical. Okay. And then you wrote your third one and now this one coming out. What, yeah. Tell us what's yeah. in store about that. it. Yeah. So this next one is called growing boldly dare to build a life you love. And, um, I am so excited about this book. It is probably, the most entrepreneurial book I've ever written. It's about my story. It's how I did it. And it's not just about me. I actually interviewed a lot of different women who have really gone up against some hard stuff and still built lives they love. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the entire book is built around this build philosophy. Um, it's the word build has always been super special to me. It's kind of like 
my word of the year all the time. I mm-hmm. want to build a really good family. I want to build a good business, build a great community around Simplified. And so um, the BUILD philosophy is an acronym. It's B, believe in who you are. You utilize what you have. I, imagine the life you want. L, love people well. And then D, do what matters and forget the rest. Mm. And so the whole book is broken down into those five pieces. And we explore like how to actually do that stuff if you're trying to build a life you love. That might be a business. That might be um, you're a stay-at-home mom and you want to cultivate a really special environment for your family. It can be any number of things, but like the tactics of actually how to do that and how others have done it as well. That's incredible. Oh, I need that. Yeah. Yes, that's incredible. I need that in every area. You're right. <laughs> Home, life, podcast, work, friends. Oh yeah, friends, those, those all people. The <laughs> you know, it's my favorite part about it is that it's super interactive. And so there are worksheets and activities to do throughout. And so it's really the kind of thing that you can take your time and like work through. Um, where so that you, you get to the end and you feel like, okay, I feel like I have like a toolkit now to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's coming out in February. Is that right? Yeah. February 9th. Okay. Yeah. So in the middle of all that, when did the target line, I want to go back just for a second. When, when, where was the target line on all this? Because I yeah. remember when I saw you in target, I remember <laughs> when I saw the end cap and I was like, well, my gosh, now there's a target line. Look at this girl go. It's funny. You know, the story of how that came to be is a funny one. In 2006, it was either 16 or 17. I, I mentioned that we were in 800 stores around the world. I thought to build a successful company, you went wholesale. And so that meant taking on any store that wanted to carry the simplified program. Yes. And at the time the world looked a lot different and that it just was, it was what you did. So we first built our e-commerce platform where we were selling online direct to individuals. And that was like our bread and butter. It was our, our favorite thing to do to connect directly to them. Then we added wholesale on top of it thinking that's how you grow. Well, that's also how you end up on 48 airplanes in a year with infant twins at home and a four-year-old yeah. and you drive yourself into a wall. Um, I hit, I, I did, I hit a wall that year and was completely just stressed out, anxious, was starting to have like health problems. And I looked at my husband and I was like, this is, I'm, this is not what I signed up for. And it, it felt weird because on paper, everything looked amazing. I had my first book deal. I had this amazing team of women I was working with. The online shop was doing great. We were in all these wholesale stores. So why in the world would you complain? But I was tired. And so, um, very, in a very calculated way, we crunched all the numbers and realized that we could cut 40% of our revenue by losing, by dropping wholesale. I knew I was going to make a lot of people upset. I was going to have to have a lot of hard conversations. I was, to be honest, I was afraid my publisher was going to freak out because that's, that's a lot of bookstores, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and Uh, But we decided we could keep our whole team. We could focus all of our attention on our online store, on making the purchase of a simplified planner, not just getting a planner, but you get coaching and you get this community. And like, we wanted, I wanted to pour all of my time into that and see what happened. And so we did, we cut wholesale. I had a lot of hard conversations. My publisher didn't freak out. Thank goodness. (laughs) My, and every retail store owner, not one of them was upset. And so many of them were like, 
I'm also a small business owner and I admire what you're doing in choosing what works for you and your family and being brave about it. And Mm -hmm. I wish I could do that. And so it was really encouraging. We devoted all of our time and energy into the online store. And the next year we doubled our revenue Mm -hmm. from the year prior. So it was, it was proof that like, if you are dedicated to a purpose and not just a product or a profit, it will grow. And so we did that. And then about a year later, I was at the library writing a simplified life and I got an email from a company called Echo and I'd never heard of them. And they were basically like, we love your brand. We've been following you a long time and we want to create licensed collections um, to present to these big retail stores, Target, Walmart, Office Depot, Staples. And I wrote them back and I was like, thank you so much, but I've already overextended myself in the past and I have to decline. And <laughs> I'm sorry, Target. I'm way too <laughs> busy for you. <laughs> I know. I was like, I just, I, I, I did this once before where I tried to grow big and it just was too much. And so, um, then I got a phone call from the woman who, uh, was our contact there. And she was like, listen, I respect what you said. And if that's what you want to do, totally. Okay. But I want you to know that we know that simplified is not just about a product. Mm -hmm. We know that you have a family that you care a lot about. You have a team you care a lot about. And what we want to do is help you grow your community by reaching women who are all over the country, all over the world now, really at a different price point. So we want to take the sense and sensibility of Simplified and apply it to products that you may not be able to make as a smaller company, which is true, and offer them to retail stores at a lower price point. And we will do the legwork. You'll do the design. And I was like, oh, okay. So we did have a great conversation, a lot of conversations. And eventually we said yes. And we got picked up by all those stores. And it's been a couple of years now that we've been in all those stores And that opportunity would never have come about, I believe, had we not cleared our plate of wholesale. And so it took, just like I talk about with clothes or calendars or anything, when you clear the excess and you make space for other things to flourish. And so our online shop has done so well, even in 2020, thank goodness, the year that no one knew if they needed a planner. Um, all my stuff has done great. Our licensed collections have done really well. They're with at a glance. Um, Mm -hmm. by the way, ACO stands for American clip company. They created the paperclip. When I turned them down, I did not know that. (laughs) I know. Wow. It's kind of, what's the movie where she was like, my dad made the post-it. Is yeah, that uh, high school reunion. Uh, what is it? Remy, Remy and Michelle's. Yeah, Romy and Michelle. Romy and Michelle. Yeah. Not Remy. Romy. My dad created the post-it. <laughs> it's kind of like that moment where you're like, oh, there is an actual a paperclip company. Okay. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would like to partner with you. If you can make a paperclip, we can do great things together. <laughs> you can make my planner. Yeah. So it's been it's been fun, but it's um that story. You know, looking back, is I'm like, okay, my gut was right. Clearing off the excess. It was a good you know, wholesale is a good thing. It just made space for something else better to come in. Let me ask you this. What did you do when you saw it in Target? Let's be honest. Be real here. Like, right. This is where it I all started it. for you. Did you go in were you like late at night, early in the morning? I feel like I saw this on stories. Did you video yeah, it? I did. So I, um, I went, well, okay. So I got it back up. I actually was at the zoo in Tampa with my twins 
And like the actual zoo or you were just at home with your twins, <laughs> which was a zoo. Well, during this particular day, I was at the actual zoo. Oh, okay. okay. With my zoo. So uh, we were waiting on the phone call, right? Because mm-hmm. we knew it had been pitched. We didn't know if it was going to get picked up. And we were just waiting. And um, Jenny, who's my contact there um, at Echo, she, she FaceTimed me. And I was like, FaceTime? Why is she, why she going to see my face, you know? So I answered. And we're like in the monkey exhibit. <laughs> and she has all their whole team is there. And she's like, they said they want it. We're going to have an end cup in Target. And I was like... Everyone was looking at me. I was freaking out. That that was an exciting moment. But then once it got set in Target, I, I went to Target a couple times and it wasn't there yet. And then I just so happened, and I went with my family. Like everybody had to go to see it. And then I went by myself, just randomly thinking like, I'll just pop in and see if it's there. And it was there. And a woman was setting it all up. And I was like, ma'am would you mind, can I take a picture with this? Will you take a picture for me? And she was like, uh, <laughs> sure. And then I said, she took a picture and I was like, that, that's, I'm her. That's me. I made that. And she was like, wait, you're her. And so she went and got <laughs> store manager and like Aww. all <laughs> setting up other stuff. It was really sweet. And it was so surreal. I mean, still is. Oh my, this makes me want to cry. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, how exciting. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, did you ever, talking about the build and what a great place, did you ever imagine this life, Emily, when you were creating, it makes me want to cry too, when you were creating Etsy Invitations, did you see, did you see this life? Did you see this house, these kids, this, this, I mean, everything, all your success? No, no. (laughs) I don't have a better answer. Not at all. I really didn't. I mean, I, my, you know, I I was actually telling someone yesterday, um, I remember in 2015 being asked to be in Forbes magazine and I was like at the photo shoot in Chicago for Forbes. And I was like, what, what is, what in the actual world is happening? And I, I think like I never set my sights on Forbes or target or any of that stuff. I, for me, it was, I wanted to have flexibility as a mom and I was willing to fight for it. Mm. I wanted to have a job I actually liked and wanted to wake up and do. And so I fought for it. And so I think having, having our hearts set on things that are a little more everlasting than things that, you know, will come and go Mm -hmm. is what has made the difference for me. Is that the advice you would give a, you know, a 26 year old today? Oh yeah. Wholeheartedly. I tend to shy away from like goals, like setting goals or like, you know, I don't know. I get that many books are sold. I tend to shy away from it. And I think it's because I just have never done that. Like I've, I've always said, here's like the, the, the meaningful goal. That's like the long-term legacy that I want to have, that I want to leave that, that kind of thing. And that makes me work harder. If you know what I mean? Like I, I might not be the most talented person in the room, but I will outwork everybody. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. and I, and I, I have a hard time working towards those things. I want to work toward the stuff that isn't going to change. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would wholeheartedly be my advice to someone starting out is set a goal that is qualitative. That is something that when you reach it, will feel like the good life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I can tell you from my experience in 2016, 17 with wholesale, the dot, the bottom line doesn't always equal the good life. Yeah. You know? 
Everything comes with a price. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you for trusting your gut and going with it and saying yes when it probably a million people told you no. I love yeah. I love that you said yes. Yeah. Well, before you go, we like to do a popcorn round. Okay? Yes. So we're love just going to ask you a quick question and just, okay. you know, first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah. All right. When you get in your car, what are you listening to when you're by yourself? Audiobooks, for sure. What's your audio? And they're usually like... Um, mysteries. I love anything that's gonna like distract me from real life. So I love fiction, audiobooks. Okay. In the same vein, what's your Netflix binge? Um, Emily in Paris. Oh, I haven't started Wait, I just it. started that. Oh, you did? Okay. But listen, I, re- I read yesterday, Netflix tweeted that Emily in Paris is supposed to be pronounced French. So that Emily and Paris rhyme. Emily in Paris. Oh. Okay. Who knew? Good, right? Good to know, especially here in the South. Well, you know, <laughs> Sarah lived in Paris for a little bit <laughs> yes. when she was the bachelor at. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Sarah in Paris. Sarah in Paris. But I didn't spend like a year in Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just living the dream. Well, that's what I got think. Like, I should have just stayed. Yeah, you should have stayed. Right? You know? Sent okay. Travis home. Sent Travis home, kept the ring, and just stayed. <laughs> I love it. I could have sold the ring, got really? an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> Made ABC come chase you over there. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, all right. Living here in the South, what is a favorite Southern food of yours? Um, wow. That's a really good question. What is a favorite Southern food of mine? Collard greens. Mm, I too. I too. I love collard greens. My gosh, yes. My dad mm. makes the best. Mm. Okay, if you're going to go to your favorite city and have collard greens, what's your favorite city in the South? Favorite city in the South is where I live. I really? Love we just moved back here two years ago. It's it's a little town with so much heart, and there's just amazing things happening here. We couldn't wait to get back and be part of it. So mm-hmm. everybody come to Pensacola. We love it here. Yeah. Now, is your husband, Brian, is he from there? Is yeah he well he grew up a military kid lived all over and then we met here in Pensacola when I was sixteen he was a bartender I was not at the bar at sixteen <laughs> I was a hostess and um, we didn't start dating until about ten years later but he was like the flirty bartender server and I was the young hostess and he was in college and that was just off limits so ten years later we started dating met up randomly and got got married eight eight months after that. Oh wow! I think yeah. that needs to be maybe maybe a nonfiction book in your future. Uh huh. Spicy uh, hotel. I mean, uh, <laughs> hostess meets bartender yeah. in the back alley. Oh my god, that's so funny. Here's a funny story. When he was a server, he um, he was so flirty, and he would bring me like the toys that kids would leave on the table and be like, I got this for you. <laughs> well, one time he brought me, it was an Ernie car from Sesame street. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I got this for you. And I was like, you're so dumb, but I kept it. And I had it like under my bed forever. And then on our wedding day, I gave it back to him <gasps> <laughs> and he still married me. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it. That's cute. All right. What's the messiest, cluttered, junkiest room in your house? Yeah, just spell it. Spill it. Right right now? Um, my office? Uh, no, let me think. My kids' rooms. I don't even open their doors these days. Like, I just, they go to school and I just kind of creak, shut the doors, let it be. Mm-hmm. You know? I loved a post that you did with them recently where you made their beds. 
forum. Oh, yeah. I love that post because I, you know, you ride your kids to death about you got to do this, you got to do this. And it's it's hard for you to remember that like life in 2020 and pandemic, it's hard on them too. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet that you made their beds for them and just cleaned up their rooms. And I felt like, um, well, let me back up and say, I posted something similar last year and it was the most controversial post of the year. It was ridiculous. Right. People got so up in arms about why in the world would you do things for your kids? Like they need to learn how to do it. And I remember being like, the world is on fire. Why in the world is this a thing? Why are we arguing about whether or not this is silly? But that post, then I posted again this year and I think people understood more. Either that or I have better followers. (laughs) But um, I just feel like our kids this year have been so um, stressed out and overwhelmed and they can't really articulate it the way we can. And so one day my kids went to school and they, we just had one heck of a morning. Everybody Mm -hmm. was losing their minds, trying to find shoes and whatever. And they went to school and I went upstairs and I cleaned all three of their rooms and made their beds and turned them down and like got them ready for when they were going to get in bed that night. And, um, it's something my mom did for me when she could tell I was overextended and kind of, you know, overwhelmed with life. And I think it's just a, I don't know, it's just a little way we can love on them in the middle of a weird year. Sweet. Oh, I'm going home and cleaning time. I, know, I love that. Because well, I've been on her about it. Like, get your room cleaned up. Get yeah. this. Get that. She's got now stuff under her bed. So sweet. Um, okay, so which child is the messiest of the three of them? Uh, all of them? Um, <laughs> no, it's Brady. He's my oldest. Yeah. My oldest. Yeah, he's um, he's nine, so he's in fourth grade. And he's a boy. Mm-hmm. And so he's in the stage right now where... I think he just doesn't realize there's a mess because he just walks over it and mm-hmm. just, it doesn't occur, you know? Yeah. So, and my husband's always like, you should have seen my room when I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's something you're hoping to find in your stocking this year? Um, I don't know. So we just had this conversation with my team about what we put in stockings. And when I was a kid and even now with my kids, it's like a restock. Like I would get hair ties and toothpaste and, um, like makeup wipes. It's lifesavers. Like there's never anything crazy in there. So I'm going to say a lifesaver book because it's tradition to get a lifesaver book in our stockings. And Uh that's cute. I love that. (laughs) All right. You mentioned earlier Sunday prep. Yeah. So if you can tell us one thing to do on a Sunday to get ready for the week, what would that be? So on Sundays, I love to kind of open up the doors and the windows. I'm in Florida, so we can do that. But I love to just kind of get our house back to square one. Mm-hmm. And I will walk my house with a laundry basket and just take anything that's out of place and throw it in there. And then I go to my front door, my little foyer, and I dump it. And then we separate it into whose is whose. And then we all put it away. And it just helps everything get put back to square one so we can start Monday on a, you know, fresh, fresh start. When did you do the 30 days, the 30 day challenge, the simplicity challenge? Do you do yeah. that every January? Yeah. It's okay. January. I love that. It's so, it is so fun. It's a really fun way that we bring a lot of people into our little community on Instagram, but, um, yeah, it's everything. Uh, there's one task per day and everything takes less than 15 minutes and costs $0. And it just helps you simplify life a little bit in the new year. So looking forward into the new year, I mean, how do, how do you see all this playing out for Emily Lay? Oh, um, what does next year look like? 
Um, next year there'll be world peace and no pandemic. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wear masks anymore. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited for the book to come out next year. Um, I've been working, I've had the opportunity this year to work with a couple of brands on a couple of collaborations and that's been really new and fun. I, honestly, like if I can just keep doing what I'm doing next year, I'll be a happy camper. I love it. Oh, good. We're well, so we love what you're doing too. Yes. So thank, thank you, you so, so much for coming on Say It Southern. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And it was so fun to meet you and talk with you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Emily Lay is one of those women that strive to do it all. Rise with Renaissance is a women's initiative that our partner, Renaissance Bank, developed to show support for women all over the South who are doing exactly what Emily's doing. Whether you're looking to lead, create, or grow, Rise with Renaissance's mission is to support women on their journey to success. Visit Rise with Renaissance to learn more and to read more about the women who inspired this initiative. Rise is powered for women by women. Like a powerful woman like Emily Lay. Yes. She right? is powerful. Oh Who my knew? Gosh. I, I mean, I'm sorry, Emily. I had no idea. <laughs> like, I had no idea how big this whole simplified okay. world. I have followed her for a long time. And I remember she was one of like our goal podcasts. Yes. You know, and yeah. you were like, uh-huh, okay. And I'm like, no, really. But tell what happened the other day when you started cleaning out your stuff. Cleaning it out. I'm like, oh, here's my planner from 2020. And it like ends in March, you know, and there's like nothing. Because there was nothing. It was Emily Lay. Simplified planner from Tw- from Target. That yeah, I got Target. I know. Yeah, I about died. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I actually own some Emily Lay. Exactly. <laughs> but my sister, when I told her who I interviewed, she about hit the floor. She really? was like, I have every book, I have every planner, I do her list, I do this, I do all her free printables, everything. Yeah, Lindsay or Lindsay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, those lists are legit. Yeah, I love the. Um, she's got Christmas ones right now. Right now. Okay. Free printables, Christmas lists. I need those. Okay. Well, let's talk about them because I've done her challenges before since, I I don't know, I've been following her for a while and Mm -hmm. kind of watching this whole thing grow and like explode, which it totally did. And I love how she talked about it grew too much too fast. Mm -hmm. And she had to kind of even scale back on that. But um, one of the things I've done with her is her simplicity challenge. And I think I mentioned it in the interview, but basically she has it day one, day two, day three. And so she's done that for Christmas, like what you're talking about. But just something as simple as... Day one is take a trash bag and walk through your house and be ruthless, throw away the junk, throw away the tags, throw away the empty socks you can't find the match to. Yeah. I mean, I think we could start this on day one of December, like tomorrow. Yes. December 1st, we'll start this. Um, and it's, I think she did it in November though, right? So you can go back on her Instagram. Yeah, That's go back on I her Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. But it's basically gearing up for the holidays, but I mean... Never say never, you know, like it's <laughs> right. never too late to do that. I need more than one trash bag that uh-huh. walk through my house for sure. Another thing is to like go through all your gift stuff and declutter. Do you save boxes? Uh, do you save ribbons? I save sack, like bags, like okay, gift bags. Yeah, I do too. I save those. And sometimes this is kind of embarrassing, but I have tissue paper. Like if it didn't get crumbled, I'll uh-huh. just like, oh, let me just fold that up <laughs> nice and neat and I'll stick it in this You're pile. Like, <laughs> I'll (laughs) iron it out, and I'll stick it in this closet. Okay, no. I never, ever, ever... That surprises me about you. I never save tissue paper. Now, my mother does. (laughs) She's got a whole Tupperware box full of the dots and the plaid and the lightning bolts and the hearts. Well, and I think I'm always looking for tissue paper. Right. And I never have enough, and I always end up buying more. Mm -hmm. I need to go through that closet and (laughs) just get rid of it. And edit. Now, I don't say wrapping paper. 
Well, my yeah. grandmother used to do that. Really? Yeah. Like untake like, the tape? Like, don't tear that paper. Just, you know, like, <laughs> carefully open up. Yeah. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, do you wrap in boxes or do you do gift bags? I do a lot of gift bags. You do? Mm-hmm. I try to do, especially at Christmas, though, wrapping in boxes. Yeah. Because it's just fun. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. I love seeing the floor just full of paper. Yeah. And, and it's, it's easier. Fun. Yeah. It's pretty under the tree, all mm-hmm. the boxes. Mm-hmm. Now, I bet you've got paper. You have paper coming? Are you coming? Like custom. It's been here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. It's still Thanksgiving. You're kidding. And you are... I've got a whole room dedicated to it upstairs. <laughs> Presents under your tree. Gobble, gobble. True story. <laughs> Sarah just walked in the door and she was like, well, deck the hall. <laughs> she says, deck the halls. Yes. Christmas everywhere. There's lights. There's gifts under the, under the tree. There's packages. There's garland around the front door, I mean, garland up the stairs. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Remember last year how we complained about it? It went straight from Christmas to Thanksgiving, and like we were like, we had no time. Yes. Dean's birthday is November the 24th. Mine's the 13th. We went to Montana. I'm like, if I don't get this up, I'm going to not be able to enjoy it. You're going to miss it. Yeah. And so, you know, I just was like, at one point, though, yesterday, I, had, I still had his birthday banner up. Uh, thanks, my thankful turkey was out and half the lights on the Christmas tree. So I was like, I'm really getting schizophrenic. You got to go my, one way or the other. With all my celebrations mm-hmm. here, I've got to, um, yeah, I've got to figure out what's going on there. Well, you, did you make a playlist? That was one of her things too. No, but I feel like you're things. good about making playlists. I love a good playlist. Yeah, see, no, I don't do that. I have like a Thanksgiving playlist, Christmas, all of it. Is it Spotify or is it? Well, it's actually Pandora. I like Pandora. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love is it. Is that shareable? Uh, no, it's not. It's not. That's why I need to probably do like a Spotify. It or would be cool like that. if we had something that, mm-hmm. that they could download or yeah. go to our Spotify playlist. And oh, play. the Say It Southern playlist. Yeah, oh. playlist. One more thing to do. Not, I'll not put you in charge of that. I am not, you're not simplifying my life here. I know. I'll put you in charge of that. Um, <laughs> do you make a list though of like, that's one of the things that she suggested make a list of gifts and like a budget? Mm, no, but I do think I'm going to get her printables and okay. print one of those out. There's a list. Tell me about that. You can go on her website, and it's free, and it's a list that you print out, a piece of paper, and it's got for gifts. I mean, it's like, who are you buying for? What are you spending? What did you actually spend? And how to keep it all organized. I love that. Mm-hmm. I do keep a list of what I get everybody each year, so then I know, like, oh, I've already gifted that. Are you kidding me? mm Mm-hmm. Wait, what? I do. Like, I keep a list, so I write it all out. And I do better if I write it out and I'll remember it. And I'll be like, oh, I gave her, you know, whatever, Kate Spade wallet. Or I gave her. Oh, my gosh. Just really from, like, wow, last Courtney. year and this year. But you have to think, though. That's one of my, like, things that I'm super, I love gifting. And yeah. I love, you know, researching and, like, finding the gift <laughs> and doing it right. Yeah, it makes me sweat when it comes to you. I don't even want to hear that. Because then it's like pressure on for me to get you that perfect gift. But that's not what I care about. I don't care about, for me, I care about like what I am responsible for. Yeah. I I don't know. I've always been like that ever since I was little. Hmm. I don't know. Um, But anyway, back to simplifying. Let me tell you what about pulling out all that stuff for the Christmas. So... Jason gets up in the attic, and I do appreciate that he does all this because he's like, I'm like, I need a night. Like, dedicate a night that you can help me get up in the attic. Because it's pull down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to pull down. And it's not easy to get up and down into because it's got a wonky, <laughs> one side of it's broken. Anyway, so he's while he's up in the attic, he says, I am just going to get everything out because we need to go through it anyway because there's stuff that you don't use. 
which mm-hmm. you know how that is. Yeah. I mean, some things are worth setting back out, and then some things you're like, Kirkland circa 99. Yeah, it's time to let it's go. It's time. Mm-hmm. And so, I, of course, I was that annoyed me to death when he was like, I'm just going to pull everything out. And I was like, ugh. Because what happened, everybody, you know, is all fired up, and we're rocking around the Christmas tree, <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, they're playing, you know, NBA 2K yeah, upstairs. Yeah, he's asleep. Yes, <laughs> yes. You're up all night. Uh, until 1230. And, but I did go through it. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my goals for early January is for us to install some shelves and go through our attic, too. Like, yeah. I've got to go through some stuff around here. I know. I feel we, the same way. We've lived in this house 10 years. Mm-hmm. I just, like, decluttering is something, the walls start caving in for yeah. me. When we moved, we did a good job of that. But I oh, still sure. have things that I need to go through and just get rid of, like, that came from my grandparents' house. For pictures sure. in a go- ugly gold frame. Yeah. That I was like, what am I supposed to do with this mm-hmm. picture? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get rid of it, but, like, I'm never going to hang this up. Yeah. And I hate to get rid of even the frame. Right. But I'm never going to use that either. Yeah. So uh, I don't there's know not what to a do way that. to mix it up with your current decor. Mm. No. Mm. Nope. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. not the traditional mix, huh? Mm. I tell you how I would like to simplify my life, and I think it's the only way to simplify my life would be to get rid of my kids. Oh. I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. I hate to say it, but like I love them. I do, but. That's what keeps my, my life, like, cluttered. For sure. You know? But how do we do that without getting rid of them? <laughs> how are we going to do that? I don't know. I mean, every now and then, I, you know, it's easy for me because I'm to grandparents. But, um, or, or aunts and uncles or somebody. But, yeah, it's yeah, tough. I need an aunt or uncle, somebody that's going to take my kids. That Does, lives would away. Would someone like my children? <laughs> who, I need a, somebody to step in and be okay. the grandparents here who, and take who my Who requires the most energy and effort? The middle one. Okay. Millie. It mm-hmm. is nonstop. And you'd think it would be the three-year-old, but the middle one, she talks to me constantly, and she's <laughs> just, like, always needing something, you know? Uh-huh. And and she's emotional. Yes. And I am, I'm just not, like, I don't have time to sit down and, like, process. Do all this with you, child, you know? <laughs> and I, I hate it. I hate it. I'm just, we're built differently, but she's always there. She's always, like, in my, everywhere I turn around. She, like, needs right me. Under your feet. Yes. What does she need you for? She just <sighs> wants to talk? Just wants to talk. Something to tell me. She wants to complain about something. She's hungry. <laughs> her sister said something to her. She can't find her sock. Yeah. She's looking for, you know, something or another. Her blanket's all wadded up. Something's wrong. Something to get washed. I mean, it's just whatever. It's mm-hmm. anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. My mm. two are, I feel like they're at it constantly right now. And I don't know if it's because we've had so much together time yeah. <laughs> yeah. in 2020. Mm-hmm. Or that's just the phase in the age and the stage. Kind of where you're getting. Yeah. Yes. I mean... And it's even funny because we were in Montana, you know, and my brothers were out there. And they just laugh at them because they're like, they are at each other's throat. But, you know, it's like they do not want to be separated right. at all. Now, Graham, he could do without Dean for now, a Are they bit. competitive with one another? Like, yes. Is that kind of what it is? Yes, they're competitive. Uh-huh. And Dean thinks he's the same age. Yeah. And he thinks that he should be allowed the same privileges. Mm-hmm. And he's not. And he can't. And he won't. And so it's difficult because... You have to, you know, he's the personality that's like, you know, that book, Power of the Strong-Willed Child, mm-hmm. that is that's him. him. Mm-hmm. Where Graham is more, you know, he he has started understanding that no means no, and like, 
he's going to get further if he just says, yes, ma'am, and goes on, then like, oh my gosh, arguing with me about everything. Well, gosh, I feel like my 11-year-old, Taylor May, the oldest, she's the opposite of that. Like, I feel like we're getting worse. Yeah. In the past, she's been like the yes, ma'am. Okay. No, this is, I mean, I, I, it's tough right now. 11, I feel like there's oh, some pre-pubescent stuff happening? happening. Maybe we need to talk to somebody. Like, I know. come on here and help us out. Or send us some comments. Like, what do we need to do? I did not know the preteen thing was a thing, though. I mean, like, that well, there was, like, a preteen period. I didn't realize it started at, at 11. Right. It like, does. we're doing this No, right it now. does. It totally does. And it's mood swings mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was more like, you know, middle school. 7th, 8th grade, ninth grade, 12th <laughs> through 12th grade. We, we, it's, it's just like everything else. Everything else is happening sooner and it's more intense and you know mm-hmm. it's the hormones in the chicken oh good lord that's right <laughs> all that milk we've been serving off that red meat <laughs> gosh well yeah y'all send us some tips yeah for us, the yeah send us some tips what we're that. entering here because yeah. it's a lot it's it a, lot. a lot i did love what she said though about whenever she was um she talked about how the kids have been through a lot this year too mm-hmm. and how one day she was just like, you know what? Instead of yelling at them to make their beds, I'm just going to make them for them. You know, I did that. Did you? Yes. When she said that, I thought about my oldest, Taylor May. Yeah. And I warned her about her room. It is disgusting. There's food, like, under her bed. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, just, like, it's a pigsty. It is truly, like, disgusting. And mm-hmm. she just doesn't want me in there anymore. If I start picking on her about it, I mean, it's like, oh, my God. Really? Leave me alone. You know, all this that This is mess. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did, I had gotten on to her about late that morning. I can't remember what, really what it was, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home and make her bed. Mm-hmm. And I did. And she noticed. I mean, she was like, oh my gosh, she, she did. made my bed. Oh. oh, so sweet for like 30 minutes. And do then I'll you put my make them, again. yeah. Do you make them do it in the mornings? No, I don't. I don't either. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, I should. I know. When we're home though, I will. Yeah. Because you, know, you did your room checks. Yes. I did room checks. Which during, was amazing. That was awesome. I know. I am. And they got good at that. They got good at that. Yeah. But now we're back to school. So it's like, just get down here and get, let's go. All in right. the car. What if we instituted that when the elf comes? <gasps> mm. What if the elf checks after they're at school? Oh, that's good. Elf check. Mm. If you want them to come back, if you want them to sprinkle sugar canes and whatever else (laughs) (laughs) instead of self-help we'll start calling it elf help elf help i like it Uh good idea courtney yeah good idea yeah i did find a girl that's making the quarantine boxes though and so my elf's going into quarantine for just a minute when it gets here that's good that's a great idea (laughs) gosh i wish i could say it was but the elf is not simplifying your life no it's not like everything's so stressful i do not like the elf i don't enjoy it at all I do. I like you it. You do? Well, I mean, I like that stuff, though. Oh. Because I just, I'm like, oh, it's just for a short period of time. Then they won't believe. And oh, they won't, you gosh. know. See, I liked it like the first year we did it. And it was fun and exciting to come up with new things. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot the elf again. Yeah. Like, that's well, how I feel. Yeah. Every day. Like, what is the elf going to do? Does Brock help you? A little bit, yeah. But okay. I like to do it. So oh. I guess, I mean, I, I, I say this. Oh, I say oh, this. The master of contradiction. I, <laughs> do enjoy doing it myself. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it. Well, that's because you're a control freak. Mm, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> now, we switch back every night. Mm. i got to talk quiet because my kids are here. But, like, I'll do it one night, and then Jason does it one night. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Keep it so green. Like, but what's hilarious is when he's going to bed, and he's like, hey, babe, I'm going to go into bed. And I'm like, it's your night. Sorry. Go move them. <laughs> night, and night. The worst is when we're in the bed, too. <laughs> oh, that is the worst. <laughs> like, will you remember in the morning? Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, I do think that this year has set us up for simplifying in 2021. You know, it's kind of like the junk drawer that you talked about. I love that analogy. Yeah, it's like take out everything you're not going to use and then only put back what you want. Mm -hmm. That's going to be my 2021. Your challenge? Yep. I love Mm -hmm. that. Taking everything out and putting back only what I need. And that's what... That, I feel like that's what quarantine did. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But, see, 2020 wasn't all bad. It wasn't. Mm-mm. All right, till next week. Bye.